Shelly was saw the surrender on that, and she said, "I didn't see that video." So the Lord was, you know, speaking to her about us surrendering. I just feel like we're going to step into a holy moment. Let me just pray for you now. God, let us shift our minds off of all the things that are going on today. And let us just step into this moment to be with you. We thank you for the music. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for the praise, the gifts, and the talents and the abilities to be able to bring us to this moment right now here. God, bring words of encouragement to those that are listening online and in person here. Let us believe in you solely. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Somebody say believe. You know, we've been talking about uh, the righteousness that's by faith. And we've got to believe that we are in right relationship. And it's not based on what we do. It's based on Jesus. Could we give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning? You know what? The cool thing about it is you don't get to buy righteousness. You don't get to buy it. You can't go to the grocery store and find it on the shelf, and there's the righteousness of God, and then you just pay the money, go through the checkout line, or check out yourself, and then you just, you just got the righteousness of God. We'd be able to receive that righteousness. A lot of times under the law, we, we would have to achieve righteousness, but we receive it. Everybody say receive. We've got to receive that righteousness, and we've got to receive it by faith. So if you've got your Bibles, let's get into the Word of God, because, I mean, we are a living Word church, so we want to be able to use the Word that's alive and active. We're going to start at um, chapter 8. We're looking at Romans. Let's start at, excuse me, let's start at chapter 10. We're going to do it verse 8. The good news is that we were talking about the book of Romans. Does anybody remember? We talked a little bit about the book of Romans. And what Paul was saying to the church in Rome was he saying that there was a lot of Jewish believers, Israelites. And and he was saying "There, there is this good news of Christ is for everybody. It's not just for the chosen few or the chosen frozen. It's for everybody. Everybody say everybody. It's for everybody. And that's what he was after because this was such a change of mindset for the Israelites because they were the chosen people. They were the ones that were going to know about the Messiah and that God coming. And here comes the Messiah and he shows himself and he teaches the disciples. You know, all of his, his disciples, he had, he had 12 disciples. He had three of them that were really close. But the Bible talks about the 70 that he also taught. So he had many disciples, and a lot of them were brought up with a Hebraic mindset, a Hebrew mindset. They understood who God was, but they didn't understand the personality of the, the, the relationship of God being close to them. They thought he was far away. You can learn and you can see this through Aristotle and, and, and the other great thinkers of the day. And that, that, that it was like that's why you can look sometimes and see the, the buildings. They're hard. They're solid. They're, 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 in a way, they sh- they're, they're kind of cold at times. There's, you can see these, the, these huge buildings that were built to say this is what God is like. And, and now we're walking into a place in, in Romans where Paul is trying to shift their mindset, trying to get them to think in a different way. 
Is it much like today? Sure, it's much like today where God is trying to get us to think in a different way. A lot of times we think we got it all figured out. A lot of times we think this way or, or we can just have Google tell us how to think if we don't think at all. But I'm going to challenge the church from here on out that we need to be able to come and put our thinking caps on. Everybody got that on? You know, let's put that on. You know, the teachers, you know, when you were younger, let's put our thinking caps on. Let's strap that thing in. Well, a lot of times we've come into the church and we've put our thought process aside. We've listened to the preacher and we've listened to me and the, the, the churchisms and all of the things that we say, certain things to get you motivated. But I want us to be able to understand that when Paul was talking to the church at Rome, it wasn't about... Christianese. It was about having an understanding that Christ was for everybody and taking this shift in mindset of the righteousness of God being achieved to being received. So as we turn to Romans chapter 10, we know that earlier in, in the book of Romans, he talked about that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. See, when I, when I come into Christ, uh, God's not going to condemn me. And I think people need to know that nowadays as they make decisions, as they're going through some things, that, that God's not just giving us a license to, to do whatever we want to do, although he's saying we can do what we want to do. Paul says it this way. He said, I got the freedom to do whatever I want to do, but the things that I do are not good for me. Not everything that I do is good for me. I love a little bit of chocolate cake a little bit too much. You know what I mean? I love a, a little bit of those things that are a little bit too much. But I want us to get in and I want, us, I want to try, Mother, to do some teaching today. And I know I'm a preacher, but we'll see if we can get there. But I want us, I want you to think about some things as we read through these scriptures. And I want you to think, don't think about it for your spouse or your, your friend or your neighbor. I want you to think about it for yourself. It's easy to go, yeah, Shelly needs this. And it's easy for Shelly to look at it and go, yeah, Eric needs this. You need this. So when you leave out of here, don't go elbow him and go, yeah, that was for you today. No, I want it to be for you today. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith that we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? You'll be saved. That's, um, we may teach on the word saved, sozo, soteria. Verse 10, here is how salvation works. Here is how righteousness works. For, the, for with the heart a person, what? Believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Mike, I may have that on the next slide is the scripture. I can't even hardly see that. That's terrible. Chapter 10. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It says, Jesus the Lord, and believe in your heart. Verse 9. Let's look back at that. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, believe where? Something was said today. Shelley was talking about Mental assent. Mental assent. Here's what mental assent is. We've all experienced it. We, we ascend mentally. 
Here's how you experience mental ascent. See if you've ever experienced it like I have. I'm sitting there, you know, watching, watching TV and, and I've got a, you know, a bag of chips or something and a drink and I'm watching TV and I'm flipping through the channels and all of a sudden I see this beautiful beach. And I see this team of people out there, rolled out mats and they're doing exercises, right? Five more, four more, three more and I stop and I'm there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and most of the time they're guys, right, right, what, with no shirts on and women that have little or nothing on. That's not necessarily what catches my attention, but what it catches my attention is that I probably need to do that. Can I get an amen? It's like you can watch it, you're flipping along, and you're going, oh, that's an exercise program. Oh, look at them exercise. Yeah, yeah, okay, two more, do it, three more, two, one, okay, two one, okay, and the next exercise, and you're like, okay, good, good. Yeah, I, how many of you know I'm there mentally, right? You ever had that happen to you? Come on, anybody. You ever had it happen to you? Like, yeah, and that's those info commercials. That's what happens. We get there mentally. It's like, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it now. And I see the little deal in the corner and it's counting down, right? It's counting down. Oh, there's only 200 of them left. Now there's only 100. I probably need to get that. I need to get that. Where's my credit card? I got to get it. I have ascended mentally to get that. And then what happens? I go get it, put it on my credit card. Amazon comes and delivers it. And I really don't even know what's in the box. I got something. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm glad you're laughing because it is really supposed to be funny. Because what happens is we mentally ascend. So I'm watching this exercise program and I'm thinking, yeah, I got to do it. Yeah, I got to do it. And that girl's doing it. And that guy, he's doing it. And look at this guy. He's leading this thing. I got to do it. And then they sell you the exercise program. And how many of you are there? I'm there. Right? I wanna, I'm going to buy that thing. I'm going to do that thing. And then how many times really and truly does it come in and we really do it? I don't want us to be at a point where we hear the word of God and mentally ascend to make some changes in our thought process and in our lives and then not do it. I want you to do it. James puts it this way, to, to be a doer of the word of God. So one of the things that I had done many, many years ago, I said, I may not be able to learn everything. There's a lot in the word of God. But I want to apply what I learned. So if I learned about forgiveness, I would try, I would apply it. And sometimes it worked. And man, sometimes it didn't work. Sometimes it would kind of backfire or it got real messy. Does anybody know what you've been through that? So we've done that. So we, he's talking about we need to believe. Everybody say believe. Believe in our heart. A lot of times we're like, we got to do this Christian gymnastics to get God to love us. He loves you just like you are. He loves you and accepts you just the way I am. And it took me a while to really try to understand that because a lot of us don't love ourselves unconditionally. So he goes on in verse 9 and he says, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it's the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. And we know that righteousness is right relationship with God. 
Am I in right relationship with God? As far as you guys know, am I in right relationship with God? Am I perfect? But I'm in right relationship. Am I forgiven? Does he forgive me? When I confess, does he forgive me? Does he forgive me when I mess up? Will he forgive me tomorrow if I mess up? Will I be out of relationship with God? Will I be close to God? <laughs> I got somebody thinking. Because, see, that's right. Because what happens is, is that I need two volunteers. Can I, anybody want to volunteer? Come on up, Macy. Anybody want to join her? I'm giving $100 for a volunteer. Who will volunteer now? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not really doing that. I need another volunteer. Who's going to do that? Okay, okay, we got, we got, okay, Trish, come on up here. That, that'll work, that'll work. So you get to be Trish. You're awesome and amazing. You get to be God. Hello, God. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm, am, am, is she in right, you, you are a believer and follower of Christ. You believe in God, just like the scriptures. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, now shall be saved, okay? Because it's what? Your heart that a person believes resulting in righteousness, which is right relationship. So she's in right relationship with God. So let's just say we're going to just put them. She's in right relationship with God, right? Things good, right? She's in right relationship with God. But then she messes up. Oh, I don't know. She was supposed to do something and she didn't do it. She told somebody a, a, a lie, a white lie. Is she still in relationship with God? Is she close to God? What happens? Because sometimes, here's what happens, is it separates us. We get separated from God. And it's, it's let me say this, it's us that's moving and not God. Oh, come on. Catherine did, a, 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 I'm going to have her expand on that, but she did a Mythbusters, kind of some of the Mythbusters. So a lot of times we think, well, God doesn't love her anymore. But she's moved away. God doesn't care for her anymore. She's, she's messed up. Maybe she's done something that she thinks she can't be forgiven. Well, she's got to change the way she thinks because she can be forgiven. Amen. I mean, we're not talking about the, there's only one one. It's one thing in the Bible that I understand. It's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to go into that. But she's not committing that. So can she be forgiven for whatever's going on in her life? Right. Is she close to God? Is she righteous? Come on, let's, let's make sure we figure this out. Is she still in right relationship with God even though she's messed up? Is there consequences to her messing up? Okay. Oh, are you with me? Okay. So she's still in right relationship. So what's, what's God do? God's still wanting to hang with her. So stay right there, Trish. God's still wanting. God's still saying, hey, Trish, I'm, I'm here. And Trish is like, well, I just don't feel you. It ain't happening today. Just don't feel like I'm, I'm loved by God. And God's still like, what? Trish, I'm, I'm still here. Okay? So what we want to do is we want to, when, when this gap takes place, 
going to put God back over here. There's a gap sometimes that we get caught in this gap. We have to believe that I'm in right relationship with God no matter what's going on in my life. Shelley mentioned external things can come against us. But when God's not looking at really nice flip-flops you got there, I guess. Those are sliders, right? Those are really nice. <laughs> so the, she, those are really nice. So is God looking at her sliders? Not really. You know what I mean? He's looking at what? Her heart. So when God sees Trish, what are you looking at? Heart. You still love her? Yes. She's still yours? Yes. But she's messed up? Yes. But she, she can't go to church anymore because she's goofed up. She's messed up? No. <laughs> she can't talk to you because she's on the outside? No. She can still talk to you? Yes. So she can still have that relationship. And there is, how many of you know there are times we feel like this? Well, let me just say... I'm not going to talk for you. There's times I feel like this. But although I'm like this, I have to believe in the righteousness that when I confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in my heart that my relationship, I was in still in right, right standing with God. So I'm right really here. I may feel like I'm over here, but I'm still in relationship, right relationship with God. In the Old Testament, it had to be about the laws, the Ten Commandments, okay? Which turned out to be what Moses brought down. And then by the time you get through Leviticus and everything else, there's 2,000 commandments. You can't eat on this dish and there's certain things you can and can't do under the Jewish tradition, Jewish tradition. But now he's bringing this in because the Jews, the Israelites in the church of Rome, were all taught under the law. Now we're bringing in God's grace where I can be in right relationship and my righteousness is not dependent on a sacrifice that was made to God. That sacrifice was done once and forever. And that his name is Jesus. One and done. That's good. Let's give these ladies a hand clap of praise. Thank you, God, and thank you, Trish. So what I'm trying to, what I want to do as we move forward is get us to believe. Believe that my righteousness doesn't come by works. My righteousness comes only through Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross at Calvary. But my righteousness not only was due to the sacrifice that he brought me into right relationship with God, but the resurrection. If it was just about the death and the burial, then we wouldn't be celebrating Christ today because he rose again. Let's give him some praise for that. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that he rose again. Let me get into the scripture here real quick. Um, so he goes on in verse 10 and it says, resulting in righteousness with the mouth he confess, confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, verse 11, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is the Lord of all. 
we may have got this. We may have an understanding. The Israelites didn't want the Gentiles to have what they had. It wasn't, there was, you have to remember, there was two tribes. There were two tribes, not just one. It wasn't just Israel, but it was Judah. Both of those tribes coming together become the Israelites. They were separated. Go back to the history on that. They were separated. Now they were coming back in together. And, the, and as they came together, now all of a sudden there's the Gentiles. Whew. OU and OSU came together. The Cowboys and the Vikings came together. Those that we think are outside are being called inside. When they built the temple, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. Gentiles could come to the outer court but they couldn't come to the inner court, let alone the Holy of Holies. Now Gentiles can come in no matter what. How many of you know the, the Samaritans? And you know the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan story of the Good Samaritan? Samaritans were not liked in society. They were like, they're over here. Lepers were not allowed to come in because of their disease. I'm here to tell you that when he began to break down those walls, when he started, when Paul started teaching the church about the righteousness in faith, that we're only righteous by faith in Christ, it was a new way of them thinking. They didn't think about that. They were the chosen. I'm the chosen. We're the chosen. I don't want to be in there with Gentiles. How many of us are that way? It happens. I don't want to eat with those gringos. I don't want to eat with those Mexicans. I don't want to eat with the whites or the blacks or the Chinese or the Russians or the Netherlands, whoever it might be. They're different than us. They're... But see, God was saying the Jews and the Greeks... They have to become one. So he goes on and he says, there, was, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. I, I wrote down black or white, American or Chinese, rich or poor, big or little, male or female. For the same Lord is the Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. Verse 13, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say it with me. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I know there's some context here. And that's what I'm trying to give you. He was trying to tell a group of people that this group can access the kingdom of heaven. It's not just for you guys. This group over here can. Now, because Christ took the divide away and brought the groups together and said, I have made a way for all of us to be together. Verse 13. 
This is God's promise of salvation. Verse 13. God made a promise to us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've seen testimony, watched testimony, read testimony about somebody who did not know Jesus. And they were dying. In fact, they died. And it was dark. And they were in darkness. And did what, Terry? They called upon the name of Jesus. And it was like, they were all of a sudden in the light. I've talked to people and said, I died. I got it, Eric. I got it. I died. And I saw darkness. And I called upon the Jesus. And all of a sudden, I saw the light. I saw the light. Light will dispel darkness. And it's like, wait a minute. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. I'm not talking about just going to heaven, but I believe that when you call upon the name of the Lord, that when you give God your, your life, that things will begin to change. Those things in the dark will come into the light, and those things in the light will begin to be exposed. God can deal with them. How many of you know, I'm getting older, got a, got a, got a sliver in my finger or whatever, and I couldn't see it. I needed a magnifying glass. Good grief. And it was like, and I couldn't see it. And I was like, honey, Shelly, can you help me with this? What did she do? She took it over here, and she put the light on it. She was taking the light and putting the light on it because it was showing where it could be fixed. Can I get an amen that? Sometimes things, when God puts the light on something, it's like, hey, I'm dealing with this issue inside of me. Steve, you want to come up and play? I'm dealing with this issue inside of me. And all of a sudden, the light begins to be exposed on it. And I see that. And it's only because I see it for what it is. And I'm dealing with that issue. I'm dealing with that pain. I'm dealing with... I'm going to come real with trauma. I'm dealing with those issues that are there in my life. I'm dealing with that loss. I'm trying to come into that place. And what the enemy tries to do is he'll come in and he'll say, because I've had those thoughts, because I've had those doubts, all of a sudden I get moved away from God, but I'm still in right relationship with God somebody because I still believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm still going to be able to get the soundness, the wholeness, the peace of God, the shalom of God, those things are still there for me because I've called on his name and I've just got to move into that place where, God, you can do something with me. Every single one of us and all of those online watching us and they'll be watching us later later on this week, I'm telling you that we're dealing with stuff and we've got we've to deal with that. But here's the thing. The Israelites, if they didn't believe, then they couldn't walk into what God had for them. Everybody say believe. Man, I'm just, I'm only beginning my message. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 17. Paul asks four questions. Listen to this. Verse 14. How then are they to call upon him who they have not believed? He's trying to be practical. He's a teacher. He's a well-educated man. He's saying, how are the Israelites going to understand this if they don't believe? And he goes on, the second question, he says, how are they to believe in him who they've not heard? They didn't hear. How do they hear about? They didn't hear about, they hear about Jesus. They, hear about, they just thought he was the Messiah. And is he the Messiah? And they refused him being the Messiah. 
And he had the second or third question. He says, how are they to hear without a preacher? Preachers love this scripture. We like this scripture. That word preacher in the Greek is a heralder. Is a declarer. Is a decreer. Is, is, is you know, the, the heralder. And years ago, we don't do it in our culture now. But um, some, some of you may be old enough to remember this. But I, I remember watching a movie and, and they, they had the kids, a heralder on the corner with the newspaper. Babe Ruth has hit home run number 58. And he's got this newspaper and he's, he's declaring it right from the corner so people would buy these newspapers. That's what the preacher, and he talks about, but, but, but how are they going to hear without a preacher? How are they going to preach unless they're sent? And, and I firmly believe that when we, when we want to be able to hear the word of God, this is what church is really about. It's about hearing the word. It's about this scripture right here. And hearing those four questions that Paul's asking, he's saying, how are the Israelites going to hear? How are they going to hear unless what? Unless they've been called. And, and if they don't believe, then they're not going to be able to know. There's people that are non-believers. I call them pre-believers. Pre-believers. Pre meaning before. You used to be a pre-believer and then you became a believer. Right? We believe in Jesus. I, I was, once was not a believer in him. Didn't understand that. And I became a believer in him. He goes on. He says, how do they preach unless they're sent? He says, just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things, good tidings, good things. He says, however, they did not heed the good news. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And this is a scripture I want to get to. I want to leave this with you. He says, so faith comes how? By thinking? Faith comes by and hearing what? So I, I, I got the Greek. I got the Greek for you. That word belief in the Greek is pistis. And it means confidence or trust. Say that with me. Confidence or trust. Confidence or trust. I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to go into the, am I a Christian? That means to be Christ-like. Yes, I'm part of that. But the, the, the church didn't identify themselves as Christian. It was actually pagans that put the label on the people in the church and said, they're Christians. They didn't say we're Christians. They said we're believers and the followers of the way. The way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the so some people ask me, say, you're a Christian? And I'm saying, I'm a believer. Because in some cultures, a Christian, a Christian is a religion. And I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Come on, somebody showing my age here now. So it means this, confidence or trust. And the word hearing comes from hearing, faith. Con can I put it this way? confidence or trust comes from hearing confidence or trust in God comes from 
confidence or trust in God comes from and that word in the hearing in the Greek is akeo, A-K-O-E. And that literally means the act of having heard. The confidence or trust in God comes from having heard. Having heard. I heard about Jesus today. But it is that just mental ascent? Back to mental ascent. I know I need to do it. Or does it change something and it creates movement? I know I should forgive. But preacher, you don't know what she's done to me. I know I got to forgive him, but he's been mean to me. I understand all of that. And those are all issues to work through. But it doesn't say that we don't have our faith in God and we go from the point of we're just mentally aware to being able to do something about it. I mean, do you know how hard it is to, well, we all know how hard it is to forgive somebody. Some people are just like, I forgave them already. I'm like, praise God, that's you. I remember one time, I'm being real with you. I remember one time we were having a conversation <laughs> and Shelly was like, well, we need to do this. And it was like, be more like Jesus. I can't remember the, how we termed it. It was like, and, and I, got, I got upset. And, and she was like talking to me about it. I'm like, just give me a few minutes. Anybody? It's like, just give me, give me some space here. A little space. It's like, I couldn't, for, I couldn't deal with it in the next 10 minutes. I was like, give me some space. Give me a few hours. Give me a day or whatever that might be. It didn't take me long. A few hours, but it was like, give me that space. <laughs> I was like, well, what, would, what were we doing? We were having a conversation, and it was something about, I know I need to do this and, and be more like Jesus. And oh, it was like, it was like, well, this is what Jesus would do, and we understood that. And I'm like, I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I'm working on it. Give me some space. Our faith doesn't necessarily need to be mental ascent. I know I love Jesus. I know I need Jesus. I know I want Jesus. I know I want to be like Jesus. I know I want to forgive like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And I know that. But do I know it? And do I go from the point of confidence and trust to a place of, I heard it. I want your thoughts to be on God today. You have thousands of thoughts a day. And you're going to think, and they can be on anything you want them to be on. But what about if we shifted some of those thoughts, the majority of those thoughts, and it was on God today? God, how do you want me to act? How do you want me to react? What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to interact with my wife? How about the people in the church? God, what can I do to, to share with them about you and your love? And can it just be mental ascent or can it actually be something that's going to shift and change my life? I want to have it drop from here, guys. I know, I know, I know I should forgive. I know I should forgive. I know I should forgive. Well, forgive. 
Well, give me a day. Okay, well, the next day you better start forgiving. We got to get to that place where my thoughts are on God. It's better for me to forgive than to hold that against them. It's better for me to release them than to, than to put them in prison, and which puts me in prison. It was a prophetic word, the prisoners being released today. I can't remember what it was Tatum that said something. The prisoners were being released. Oh, it was in one of the songs. Prisoners being released. No, maybe it was a prophetic word. Did you say something about it? I have to go back and listen to it. But prisoners being released, because I thought, I want prisoners released, because some of them ought to be in jail. But how many of you know we can be a prisoner and not be incarcerated? We can be a prisoner and not be incarcerated. Won't you stand to your feet? I'll finish my message the next three weeks, four weeks, month. Maybe we just keep doing that. I want you to think about this week what it means to believe. 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 What does it mean to you to be a believer of Christ? You can Google it. I asked, told somebody it wasn't even, they were an atheist. I said, Google Jesus. You got to deal with him. Everybody's going to have to deal with Jesus somewhere, somehow, some way. He's the only one to have raised from the dead. The only one that's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's the only one that's praying for you right now. Wow, well, there may be moms and dads and grandparents that are praying for you. But we need to be able to believe. There's your challenge this week. Can you do it? Spend more time. What's it mean to believe? Analyze it. Ask yourself questions. What do I believe? What do I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? Do I really believe? And when I'm hearing it, some of us know, we know that we know that no, there is a God. There's no doubt. And we know Jesus died for us, no doubt. We know that he loves us, no doubt. We know he wants us to love ourselves, maybe some doubt. I want you to, I want you to believe. Trust. Trust that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he'll do. If he says he'll bring peace to you in the midst of the storm, then guess what he'll do? He'll bring it. I say, God, bring it on. I need, I need it. I'm in the middle of a storm. God, I need to have some peace. Let me pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He says, thou shalt be saved. I pray that we continue to believe, God. If you're here today and maybe you've just not believed, maybe you have doubts, that's okay. It's natural, normal. But I want you to get in there. I want you to dig in the Word of God. Look at Romans. Look at chapter 10. We're going to finish out chapter 10 in the next few weeks. Get in there and see what the Israelites were dealing with as things were shifting in their lives. I'm here to tell you there's things shifting in your lives. 
The spirit of the living God that lives in you is greater than anything that can come against you externally. There's going to be some external things that are going to come against all of us. And it's going to be your belief that's going to hold you. So, Father, I thank you that you help us. Help us believe. Help us have confidence, trust that you are the Christ. That you are Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. And that you want good things for us. And that you will be with us. You're never going to leave us. You are never going to forsake us. But you're going to be with us. And that you walk with your sons and daughters here today. As we go through the challenges of this upcoming week. And we come back to faith in our righteousness. That I have faith in my righteousness because I have faith in you, Jesus. And everybody said amen. We bless you guys. We thank you. If you want prayer today, if you need to know Jesus, if you want us to just pray for you, come on, let us pray for you. We bless you. We send you forth in his power and his might. Go forth and be a blessing to others around you today. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. And thank you for the gift, by the way. Thank you. God bless you.